Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of our Unhappy Not Ill podcast. Hello. Hope you're all having a good time. Um, so, my freedom. Wowza, this is going to be well, a big one. Well, it was one. my freedom. It's not my freedom. <laughs> you've, you've always been free. No, Nanny, you have had <laughs> mental illness and I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> um, yeah, it is Vanessa's freedom. I think this, guys, I'm very excited about this episode. I think it'll be the one that you guys can take away most from and hopefully learn something new. And why don't we just start from when you're, I guess previous episode kind of culminated in all these hysterectomies and HRT and um, breast reductions and stuff but it all kind of came to a head didn't it in January 2020. Yeah so 2020 was a big year for everybody wasn't it? Yeah. But but as always I've been ahead of my time Um, and uh, (laughs) my my big year started in the January um, whereas I think everybody else's big year started in and around about March. So yeah, 2020 was quite a year of self-discovery. So we talk about this being my freedom. What does that mean? Um, I guess this was where my life's work culminated in me finding my way out of, I wouldn't say it was my hell, but but there were parts of my life that were hell uh, for me and probably others around me. But yeah, so 2020, I left my corporate role um, and I didn't anticipate when I left my corporate role that we would then go into broadly a year of lockdown. Um, So I left my corporate role because I was really done, I guess. Um, And... I planned to take some time out, work out what I wanted to do next, maybe travel a little bit. Um, I hadn't got a plan. And it was the first time in my life I didn't have a plan, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's probably a really important point. Yeah, really, really. So valid. I didn't have a plan. Um, I just knew that I had a bit of time. Um, whereas always in my life when I'd left a job, I had another job or... Well, no, I, it was a job because I was always employed. So I always had another job to go to. Um, so even if I had a bit of time out, I would never have left a job without a job. Um, so I ended up, when I left my job, as probably a lot of people will recognise, the minute you take a holiday when you're in that big stressful corporate world or you take time out, you get ill. So the minute I'd left that job... I was unwell. I had, well, in hindsight, maybe even COVID, but we'll never know because it wasn't around. It wasn't, wasn't around in that capacity in January. So I was ill with some virus and I was in bed for about two or three weeks. Um, and I did have a cough and all of the things that came with COVID. But um, more importantly, the first thing I'd arranged to do was go traveling. So we went, I went to Barbados without Esty because she couldn't get the time off her work. Um, Spent a couple of weeks there, came back, and then was going out to visit Esty's mum who lives in South America. So went there, due to stay there a couple of weeks. Esty came with me, came back. uh, Came back because my mental health wasn't great. I'd been poorly. I'd left my big job of five years. You felt a bit lost, actually. I felt completely lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
But I did know what I didn't want to do and I didn't want to go back into what I'd been doing. I was absolutely done. Well, almost so many things had happened in the previous four or five years and 30 years to that. Yeah, yeah. That enough was enough, wasn't yeah, it? Like something just, seismic had to change for you not to go back into that yeah. routine. So I, I, but you know, as you do, the, the, the sort of part of me was looking for, you know, thinking I needed to look for jobs, even though you and I had sat down and you said, I don't want you to do anything for six to 12 months. Yeah. And, you know, if we have to redesign our life and live out of our van, um, that's what we'll do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, Literally came back from Colombia because Esther had come with me, but only for a week. And quite frankly, I just didn't want to be there without her for the second week. And boy, that was a good, good call. Because had I not come back with Esther at the end of that week, I would have been locked down in Colombia for at least three to four months thereafter. Um, because they, that's when, the that's when COVID hit. So, yeah, so so I came back um, to the UK and we have really glorious weather. We'll all remember that because yeah. it happens so infrequently that we remember it when it does happen. <laughs> um, and and I remember I was really lost. I think that was the word you used. And before I'd left my corporate role, I'd done some work with um, a woman called Jude Jennison, um, who does leading with horses. She's an incredible um, coach. But the last work I'd done with her with my team, um, I'd been in her, where she does her horse work, and I'd seen this deck of cards um, from a woman called Wendy Pryor. And I was really intrigued by this deck of cards. And, I'd, and, and Jude said, you know, have them. So I took them home and I looked at them and these deck of cards are called The Wisdom of Change. Um, and you can find them at wendyprior.com. Um, and these cards fascinated me because I just thought the creator of that deck in a sort of corporate coaching environment was pretty unusual. So I looked Wendy up and it transpired that Wendy was effectively a life coach. Um, uh, she's much more than that, but that's probably the best label to put on her. And I reached out to Wendy. Now, Wendy at that time was living in Dubai, but there was just something about Wendy and I just knew I needed some guidance about what I was going to do next. Because yeah. I was sat in the garden, enjoying the sun, trying to develop some DIY skills, but very badly. <laughs> um, and realised that, wouldn't, like be my, that wouldn't be my next purpose. Um, so I reached out to Wendy and Wendy helped me redesign my life. Um, and in many, well, in every way, Wendy has been instrumental in transforming the way I think, the way I feel and what good looks like for me. So I, she also encouraged you to start your own business. Didn't yeah. She? Yeah. I mean, it was a sort of toss up between, do I go back into regular employment, do that whole corporate BS or do I do my own business? Um, and she gave me the confidence that I needed at that time to go it alone, um, which is exactly what I did. Um, and I did take the six months off from when I left uh, my role. And I think that everybody in their life, particularly when you've had lots of stuff going on. So we've talked today about, well, sorry, today, this whole series has been about aspects of my life and 
as I always like to emphasize to people, I'm just a regular person. I said to Esty, I'm just a normal person, to which Esty said, well, we're not really normal. And I was like, yes, we are normal. And she's like, no, we're not normal because, you know, A, we're gay. Um, and B, um, you know, in, in societal terms, we're quite successful because we both got decent jobs and we earn decent incomes and we've got a nice house. So that's why I say regular because normal, if anything is normal, we apparently aren't it. So <laughs> we're just regular people. Yeah. And as a regular person, what I mean is, um, you know, I just needed some help as a regular person with understanding what my value could be in the future. Um, and, you know, she gave me the courage and the confidence to explore that. Um, and what she also gave me was the understanding that whatever I had been doing today was valuable for what I will be doing next, but it didn't define who I was or how I would do it. And I think that's really, really important lesson that, you know, it's not where we're at that matters. It's what we've learned in getting to where we are. So I'd gone from a huge job, you know, big, big title, good salary. Uh, anybody would think you were crazy to not do it um, anymore. Um, and that was a big step change. That was a big ego change. I've been doing lots of work on egos and there is no doubt that I had a massive ego. I still have, an, uh, uh, I still have to balance my ego, but ego was a big driver for me. So the idea that I go out of this career that I was constantly climbing the ladder, despite all the stuff that I went through and constantly achieving and overachieving, to suddenly sit in my back garden with an A4 pad and a piece of paper and thinking, what you know, it's quite a big psychological shift. Yeah, yeah. So Wendy started to help me think more creatively, more confidently. Um, and I think as well, Nettie, I think you would agree with this. The six months off really were the first time where you rediscovered your love of learning. Yeah, it and, is. Yeah. You know, you've read books about what, what, what to do when things like this happen in life. You, you were just like so keen to join tribes like Arthur Paulins and Tony Riddle, you know, yeah, I was going to say that when he encouraged me to start looking at different groups in society that yeah. I would never have a had the time for, but be the inclination for. So along with Wendy, I started, I enrolled on a breathwork academy that's run by Arta Paulings, Arta without H. Um, so Arta Paulings, if you don't know who he is, he's a breathwork expert and he was trained in the Wim Hof method. He's absolutely brilliant. And I use him now um, uh, you know, for anything to do with breathwork, I'm part of his breathwork tribe, but I also help the businesses and the people I work with to incorporate it into their lives because breathwork was a big thing. So I did that last year and in just the first the six purpose. months that I was off. Yeah. I enrolled in his academy and I learned the power of the breath. Can you just, for the benefit of the listeners, just explain what breathwork is? Because so I know there's like work, meditation mm, and breath well, work, I mean, you know. it's probably best to ask Arthur, but the way I look at it is in all the years that I suffered with mental health, people told me I needed to relax and they told me I needed to meditate. And that really sounds very helpful, but it's actually very fucking hard to do those things when your mind is in overdrive. Yeah. 
breath work is a great way of relaxing your body using something that is easy to focus on and has proven benefits so we can control our inner state through our breath and if we control our inner state that impacts our external environment so that's what breath work is and you. you can do anything like five minutes up to an hour you can um, even do a minute, really. I did a six-week breathwork academy. He does those things. I would really recommend it. So I, invi- I, I enrolled with him. And within that, you, you know, you, you met a, a group of people, a tribe, who were beyond anything that I'd ever um, experienced. Interacted with, yeah. and, and actually, the other thing I did and how I got to know um, Arta was um, in the January after I'd left my job... Esty and I, I, I signed Esty and I up to the natural lifestylist. So that's Tony Riddle. Um, and I signed up to his <laughs> movement, breathe and chill course. Um, so the movement, breathe and chill um, day was in January and it was when there was Hurricane Frank. Yes. Hurricane and basically Frank. Tony Riddle is all about like, well, I mean, lifestyle um, coach. I mean, that the natural lifestyle is so it's all about living naturally um, and effectively all the things that I'm advocating, but maybe in a slightly less extreme way. Um, so he's all about barefoot living and and how we how our move how we should move more primitively, effectively, to um, be the best that we can be. But go and look him up because also an extremely um, powerful individual. But we went to that course, didn't we? And in that course, um, we we started off doing movement, which was basically there were a hundred people and we were playing in this great big. Um, hall Room. in London yeah. somewhere barefoot <laughs> barefoot like literally playing like kids play like and for somebody like and- me who had just finished um what was then a 25 year in you know corporate environments it was really challenging to even walk into that waiting room when everyone was waiting because everybody was how I would describe it it would be they were much more hippie free living people now again we um we attract what we judge until we stop judging what we attract would be a classic example oh, there. I love that. So <laughs> I would have definitely been of the ilk where I would have made a lot of judgments about that type of living and the, the, the way these people showed up because of the environment I was in. Um, but it was probably the best three hours that I spent in 2020 because it kick-started um, a whole movement for me in terms of breath work because Arthur did his breathing workshop there and I'd never ever experienced anything like it so that subsequently led on to all the work I did with him and um, we did ice bath immersion during Hurricane Frank which I have to say I haven't incorporated in a big way into my life but I do know <laughs> that a lot of people do find that really beneficial I prefer a hot tub um, but yeah, so it was just 2020 kickstarted me stepping into my unknown and in stepping into what was unknown to me, but also very judged by me previously, yeah, yeah. I discovered what I really loved. You know what is freaking fascinating? Like it, it's been so beneficial for me to kind of listen to you over these last kind of 11 episodes. Well, let's, let's, let's say seven years. It's been beneficial but for like, you. It was leaving your corporate job that just went trigger to like a plethora of new learning and curiosity that yeah. you have never had. Well, it, 
I think there's a few things. When you do a job like law, so when you decide to be a lawyer and you train to be a lawyer and you work in law every day, you are constantly learning every day. Okay, so everybody learns every day in every job, but law is quite technical. So it is reading lots of technical shit. It is understanding lots of case law. It is obviously dealing with lots of difficult situations. So my learning wasn't not happening. It was just that it was focused on what I needed to do my job. So for me, reading was part of my job. Writing was what I was paid to do. So to actually read and write outside of those forums did not feel pleasurable for me. You almost directed all of the reading and writing energy to your job. Yeah, I did. So it took, because I did, I always used to love to read and I used to love to write. But once I became a lawyer and then subsequently worked in business, those things became my job. So I didn't associate them with enjoyment. But then when I didn't ever, when I didn't ever have to go back to that job and I wasn't even allowing myself to think about going back to any such job, it wasn't, for some reason, I didn't feel scared and it wasn't about money because people will say, well, that's easy. You know, you didn't have kids and you didn't have, well, well, no, I don't have kids, but I still had a life that I paid for. And just because you don't have kids doesn't mean you don't have to pay for your life. And if you don't have kids, you still spend the same money. You just spend it on yourself. So if I don't have money, I suffer as well. So it isn't easy just because you haven't got kids to suddenly make massive changes that affect your income. And it's not easy for anybody to step out of um, conventional society and say, I've had enough of it. It's bullshit. In fact, what happens, most people go, well, there's something wrong with you. You must have a mental health condition or you're burnt out or, or, or. And the thing is, I was definitely burnt out. Um, and I absolutely had had enough. But I think everybody around me thought that after six months of having enough, I would want to go slot back into it. But as you know, darling, I never did. So um, basically, I took this time to heal myself. Remember what I said? If you don't feel. So I felt, I dealt and I healed. Yeah, nice. And I did that in a combination of joining different tribes Tribes that I would always judged and avoided because of my judgment, that tribes I decided instead of judging them, I'm going to listen and watch and see what I learned. And I learned a lot. And it didn't, it doesn't mean that I um, rejected my corporate life. It just meant that I decided I wanted to show up differently to yeah, use and that. And you adapted it. Yeah. And then the biggest thing that I did, and I, I thank Wendy for this, is after working with Wendy now for over a year at the, at the start of this year, I expressed to her my unhappiness with my body, how much I hated my body, how much um, I was unhappy taking yeah, the medication we... that I'd been taking for the years yeah. and how I tried to come off it. But every time I tried to come off medication, there would be these weird, horrible side effects. I remember because we were on holiday, weren't we, early December? Last year, yeah. Like the year before 2020. And you literally came up to me and you were like, Esty... I'm desperate. I am I don't know what to do with my body. I have lost control of my body. I'm trying to eat healthily. I'm trying Yeah, it was it was actually remember really? Esty, it was 2020, so it was the year of lockdown where Esty and I uh, yeah. against public belief traveled more than we've ever traveled. 
um, safely and always in lockdown and with permission, but we took every opportunity we had. Um, and I, I, I had that conversation with you and a few close friends and they all said, you probably need to have some therapy on body dysmorphia, to which I said, body dysmorphia is about what, when you see something different to what you have. It's not when you see what you've got. And that's what I was seeing. So Wendy introduced me to Ariana Ornan, um, and that's about A-U-N-O-N, because I'm not sure I pronounced that correctly. So when I was introduced to Ariana, Wendy did say she was very um, off the wall. She wasn't traditional. She was non-conventional. Um, and, you know, you just have to bear with the process because it gets the results. She lived in Ibiza at the time, but she has subsequently moved out to Bali for periods of time. So she lives between two very beautiful places. Um, but the emphasis from Wendy was non-conventional. Con you know, she has got the um, qualification she needs in natural medicine, but she is non-conventional. But she said she'll take you off your meds safely and you'll get results. So for me, the aim of the game wasn't really about my body. I didn't believe I could reverse my body, but I did want to come off the medication because over the last 12 months of being away, well, now it's nearly two years of being out of that corporate stressful environment and the life that I'd led for the 25 years prior, I'd seen some benefits in my, I'd started to see some benefits, you know, in the way I was showing up in society. And I just didn't think I needed the medication anymore. And I remember a few years ago, a GP had said to me, you will only need this medication for as long as you live this um, stressful corporate life. So I remember thinking, well, I've got another 20 years of that. <laughs> um, so it's quite impactful, actually. That's just come to me. But that's what he said. You know, yeah. if you if he said, if you you only need this um, medication to cope with the stress in your life. So if you could remove the stress from the life, you won't need the medication. And that's exactly what I did. And it's what I've done. So I started working with Ariana. And um, again, look her up for anyone listening. The best six months of my life. It wasn't just a cellular detox in a, you know, yes, it's about food. Um, I gave up eating um, animal products seven months ago for health reasons, and it has transformed my life. Within weeks of doing the cellular detox, I lost inflammation. I, I had a cough that I'd had for years and years that had been investigated for years and years by medics, told I had asthma, didn't have asthma, it all went away literally in the space of two weeks. Um, allergies that I've been taking medication for went away in the space of two weeks. And then over the course of six months, I've lost um, 16 kilos, which is about 32 pounds, um, which, you know, it's near on three stone in weight, sustainable weight loss, healthy weight loss. But it's that I have been medicine-free and not suffering mentally and physically. Um, so I'm really medicine-free because the detox took the, the, the impact of the medicine out of my system as well as stopping the medication. Whereas before where I've stopped medicine, I've still had the damage that's been created by taking medication because medication doesn't, it's not free. It costs your body. So I've healed I've taken myself off medication with Ariana. I do not have HRT implants anymore. And I have had no menopausal signs or symptoms since coming off those 
um, off that implant and eating plant-based whole food diet. Um, and I, people tell me I look 10 years younger. Yeah. And that's not I think, them being kind, I think. I think that's probably true. Yeah. I think we need to just explain to our audience a little bit more about what the work is that you've done with Ariana, because it wasn't just about simply going plant-based and stopping your medicine. There's so much intricacy and delicacy um, included in the programme. But I think more importantly as well, what Ariana has done is allowed you to feel. Do you want to explain yeah, why? So Ariana, so I was... Yeah, I was going to explain that. So the, the basis of achieving the results is to go plant-based whole food to support the journey. And the journey is a spiritual as well as a physical awakening. So um, it's about letting go of emotional trauma, which we carry in ourselves. And for people that are listening to this and thinking, well, this is all load of spiritual bluff. That's exactly what I would have done several years ago. Um, because... Again, we live in a very conventional society where we like to rely wholly on sort of westernized science, if you like. Um, but fundamentally, we are learning every day how complicated and how intrinsically connected the brain and the body are and how powerful the body is. And I would say that over the last maybe generation of people, we have actually shortchanged our natural body and started to intervene with medical interventions that are human designed, um, which arguably have profitable gains. So hence why there's such a movement for it. But intrinsically, what Ariana did is she took me back to the core of me. She made me feel. She taught me it was okay to feel. She taught me, she worked very much on masculine and feminine energy, which is in all of us, and how we've basically got the balance wrong. So for women particularly, we do tend to operate more in the masculine energy when we work in a corporate space. And of course, I'd, I was your quintessential corporate space yeah, holder. Literally. And on top of that, you know, when you start to look at those aspects at play, you know, women in the workplace, we are still operating very much in a male um, orchestrated environment. We have a very paternalistic corporate framework and it is changing in some parts of the world. It's changing better than than here but fundamentally I was successful in my life because I didn't have children I was gay and I was happy to operate more in my masculine space so I was able to succeed but it cost me um, it cost me physically um, and Ariana took me into those places that I would have rejected as I'm sure people listening to the podcast will reject but I am proof that all of that spiritual deep energy work works you know it's blown my mind it's changed my life and you know it's just ignited my passion to learn something different and to and to incorporate those learnings into a more conventional way so that it is more palatable for the people that are resistant to that idea should we take the audience through the uh, little giggle we had in the van oh right okay yeah so when when um when we, when I was starting this detox with Ariana, she sent me over, you know, effectively my bespoke program. And, you know, I didn't want to go plant-based whole foods at all. You know, I'd spent my life Let's working... Let's explain what plant-based whole foods is as well. Well, I think most people understand what plant-based whole foods is. It basically means 
we only eat anything that is a plant or whole foods origin. So it's not even vegan um, because vegan is more of a processed form of non-animal products. So it is all very fresh, mainly organic. So 80% of our diet is organic. Um, and we tend to eat um, a lot of raw food as well. So a lot of salad. And it's had massive, massive um, health benefits to both of us. But when, it, when Ariana first introduced But when she that, first introduced it, on the basis that I'd just spent 10 years working in the meat industry, um, it was quite difficult to get my head round. Um, it kind of contradicted everything that I'd been conditioned to think and feel, both working in the food industry, but also um, having a father who's Italian and having a quintessential Mediterranean diet. Yeah. But it was things like, you know, you had to have organic mangoes, organic this, organic that, and... We were just cracking up because we, you know, we live in central England where it spends a lot of its time raining and the idea of kind of grabbing an organic coconut or mango um, very easily <laughs> seemed a bit far-fetched. But, you know, so we, our reaction was fairly hysterical because it was the fear of having to ditch all of our, our comforts. Yeah, but actually probably the reaction all of you guys will have to this episode, yeah. which is... I've, I, is she serious? Like, and is probably this the reaction that even now my parents now struggle to invite us for dinner or do not want to come for dinner because they don't know what it means when we tell them we're going to have plant-based um, whole food meal because they actually, you know, society as a rule really struggle with that concept. And then people just launch themselves into the space of, oh, it's really bad for you. Oh, you're missing vitamin B12. La, 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 la. It's and funny, actually, because I'm going to mention this now. Um, you know, a lot of people that we kind of share that we've gone vegan, plant-based, whole foods, what, name it. Um, they go, all right, okay. So does that mean that you're taking supplements for like B12 and calcium and all this? And I'm like, well, I'm not because I've become much more aware of what we're putting into our bodies. Can I just ask you, do you know how much B12 you take in in your diet? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like when you actually look at it, it's just what we colloquially say. So we yeah. pick up snippets from the newspapers. That's also one thing I did on my journey. I ditched all news. So I stopped. Whoop, whoop. I stopped using news apps. I was always an avid news person. So I stopped all of that, and that's really, really had massive benefits for my mental health. Um, so the only thing we listen to now is Simple Politics and Radio 4 after 9 o'clock. Shout out to Simple Politics yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, Simple Politics, brilliant. <laughs> um, and informed um, educators rather than misinformed educators. So I, I think that the whole um, plant-based whole foods, there's going to be a lot of people getting their knickers in a twist right now about balance and, you know, it's going to have its... Pro uh, yeah. I'm not getting into that space. All I can tell you is this. I was a skeptic and I learned through using myself as a guinea pig that all of the things I subsequently went on to read and watch were the truth because it happened in me. So everything that I did and then I subsequently went and read on, in, in papers or, or watched things on the documentaries happened to me. So for those people sitting there, who are sceptical or who are shouting down at the podcast now saying, oh, it's a load of rubbish and it's a nutritional disaster, I would just suggest... Invite you. I would just suggest that you take the opportunity to explore it for yourself because there is no better case study than yourself. 
Guys, we've reached the end of episode 11, which is my freedom. What is the biggest takeaway, Vanessa? You've got to be able to share some of that with the guys today. Do you know what? It's really difficult to have one takeaway, isn't it? So it isn't, and, it, and this isn't long enough for me to even share my freedom. I suppose, you know, in terms of my top tips is I've said throughout this, um, I've said throughout this series, watch your signs, listen to your signs. But the other thing I think is really, really important um, is this whole we attract what we judge until we stop judging what we attract when I started to explore the things that I used to judge in a more in-depth way, I started to find my freedom. So I think if you've listened to this and it's resonated in any way, either in respect of yourself or anybody you care about, look at all the things that you've always refused to look at. Explore all the things that you've always refused to explore be curious about be the curious, other side. Be curious, be brave, be bold. Um, you know, one thing I did want to give everybody as a bit of a takeaway was I incorporate a little acronym into my life. And if I don't do this on a daily basis, after a period of time of not doing it, I notice. And earlier on, in the series, Esty mentioned something that she referred to as me time. Well, it was called Esty time that she used to call it Esty time. But I devised an acronym called me time. And the reason I've done that is because I think it's really useful for you guys to have something that you can refer back to. So every day, if you can execute me time, I think you will find your mental health will improve and your life will just improve. So me time stands for meditate whether that's through breath work or just sitting silently meditate and you can do it for one minute up to as long as you want energize so for me that is just motivating yourself however that is whether it's through inspirational quotes or following people or podcasts energize your mind um, every day think think about things we don't often have time to think about things. So every day I take time to think about things that I've learned in the day or things that I've watched people do, which I think are fascinating. Inspire. Inspire others as much as you can, whether you do that in your work or whether you do that in your relationships. Find a way to inspire others. Move. Absolutely critical. And I'm not going to say exercise, I'm going to say move. I spent years of my life exercising to a high level. I've never done so little exercise as I have done in the last six months. But what I have done is a lot of movement. I do yoga, I do walking, um, and I feel healthier and stronger than when I was doing powerlifting and all the other stuff that I used to go to the gym and, and do. And last but not least, and Esty alluded to it, and it's been my biggest um, unfolding passion, which aligns with when I was a, a youngster, actually, because I did love this. Educate yourself. I read avidly. I listen to podcasts. Wrong and Chatterjee, he remains my hero when it comes to podcasts. Feel better, live more. He has done over 200 podcasts, and they are all super inspiring. But there are other podcasts out there that are equally inspiring. 
Um, and a lot of the material I read comes on the back of the people that Wrong and Chatterjee speaks to. So right now, I'm reading a book called Eat to Beat Depression and Anxiety by Drew Ramsey, who's a doctor. He's a, he's a nutritional psychiatrist. So that's my little takeaway for you. Me time, meditate, energize, think, inspire, move and educate. If you can achieve that in your day, you will be on track to a better life. Wowza. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Um, I think that's something really practical that our, all our listeners can take away from. Follow us on Instagram, guys, if you haven't yet, and follow the podcast. Um, look, the teaser for the next episode is a bit different because we're going to obviously be very visible on Instagram and react and, and proactive with what we've been saying in this podcast. Now, part from part of what you'll see on the Instagram are invitations to ask questions. I encourage you all to send us in questions that you may have. We're going to get them all in, put them into a bucket and pick out the best ones that we think are going to be relevant to the most of you. And in the last episode, episode 12, we're going to answer some of the questions that you guys have sent in. So I really encourage you to reach out and send through any burning matters or controversies or challenges that you have for both Vanessa and I. And we will do our due diligence and come back to those in the last episode. And if none of you ask any questions, which would be very sad because I'm sure you're burning with questions, we're just going to do a reflection exercise um, or session because, you know, we're going to let see how this podcast reaches out to people, see whether it motivates and inspires people um, and we'll reflect on it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs>